0: Would you turn your Bible, please, to Exodus, the 12th chapter? Exodus, chapter 12. My heart has been greatly moved with these great songs this morning. Another year is dawning. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the hour of trial, my sins nailed to the cross. And then, in the midst of the heartaches and the burdens and the trials that come, we can sing, but until then, my heart will go on singing. And that's the Christian faith. That's the victory that is in Jesus Christ. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you for this new year, 1993. We feel like singing safely through another year thou has brought us on our way. And so today, as we pause on the threshold of what can be the greatest year of our lives, the greatest year of our church, the greatest years of our family, we ask that we would pause long enough to make some decisions that will enable us for this to be the great year you want it to be. Open the word of God to us. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Some years ago, Louise Fletcher Tarkington wrote these words. I wish there were some wonderful place in in the land of beginning again, where all our mistakes and all our heartaches And all of our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never put on again. I wish we could come on it all unaware like the hunter who finds a lost trail. And I wish that the one whom our blindness had done the greatest injustice of all could be there at the gates like an old friend that waits for the comrade he's gladdest to hail. We would find all the things we intended to do but forgot and remembered too late. Little praises unspoken, little promises broken, and all of the thousand and one little duties neglected that might have perfected the day for one less fortunate. It wouldn't be possible not to be kind in the land of beginning again, and the ones we misjudged and the ones whom we grudged their moments of victory here would find in the grasp of our loving handclasp more than penitent lips could explain. For what had been hardest, we'd know had been best. And what had seemed lost would be gained. For there isn't a sting that would not take wing when we faced it and laughed it away. And I think that the laughter is most what we're after in the land of beginning again. So I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again where all our mistakes and all our heartaches and all our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never put on again. The land of beginning again. Well, with our Bibles open to Exodus chapter 12, let's read. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper doorpost of the house, Wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. Roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat it not raw. Nor boiled. At all with water. But roast with fire. Its head with its legs. And with the inward parts thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning. ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy when I smite the land of Egypt. Now immediately you recognize that this is a summary or a a culmination or a climax to some experiences that Moses had had with Pharaoh. He had had 14 meetings with Pharaoh. And each time Pharaoh's heart got hardened a little bit more, a little bit more bitter, he became toward God. Not only had the people murmured, but Pharaoh had made the people's life so miserable. And yet their cry continued to go up before God, and God heard that cry. There were plagues upon the people of Egypt because of Pharaoh's hard heart. The water was turned to blood. There were frogs. There were lice and gnats. There were flies. There was hail. There was a terrible plague of boils on the people. And on and on. Until finally, God said, Moses, Pharaoh isn't going to let the people go. And all of your persuasiveness and all the miracles you've performed, they're not enough. That's not enough to eradicate his hard heart or to eradicate the sins of the people. I have another plan. Now, there was always a plan in the heart of God concerning sin. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned and God came walking in the cool of the garden and said, Adam, where art thou? And Adam and Eve were over hiding in a clump of bushes with some leaf fig leaves all around them and to hide their nakedness and their sin. And God said, that'll never do. And he killed an animal. He took the skins of that animal and clothed Adam and Eve with the skins. And then he took the blood that was shed, and that blood was the symbol for the shedding of blood for sins. And ladies and gentlemen, there's always been in the heart of God the blood that would atone for sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And as we stand on the threshold of a new year, And we, along with the poet who wrote the words, I wish there were some wonderful land called the land of beginning again, and we wish somehow we could undo the things that we have done, we could somehow do away with all those sins, do away with all those mistakes, do away with all those misjudgments, do away with all those unkind things, do away with all the wrong decisions we have made. If we could just start over again, Everything would be fine. Well, I'm here to tell you today, there is a land of beginning again. Not only for the unbeliever, but for the believer. There's a land of beginning again for those who have never been saved. That land of beginning again is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. God said, Moses, you say to the people of Israel, take a lamb, and kill that lamb and take the blood of the lamb and put it on the posts above the doors of their houses. And then you eat the meat of that lamb. Do this all in one night. If there's anything left over, burn it with fire because I'm gonna do something in the land. Pharaoh's heart is hardened. The world will not understand the people of God. They never have, they never will. Moses you say to the people of God put that blood on the door the death angel will pass through the land tonight and when I see the blood I will pass over you and so when the death angel passed through the land of Egypt that night wherever there was blood over the doorposts, the death angel passed over not because the people inside had never sinned not even because the people inside were not worthy of death but because the people inside were under the blood. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And when he went to another door and there was no blood, the eldest son in that home died. And there was death all throughout Egypt that night. This was a parable and a reality. It is both history and a tremendous teaching lesson. A profound truth, if you will. It reminds us that God hates sin but loves the sinner. And whosoever will do it God's way can be cleansed and forgiven of sin. No matter what the sin. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. For God has instituted a new and living way. Would you turn your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10? In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 4. Hebrews 10, verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Verse 10, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering often the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, of his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth to me, I will repent, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now I want you to notice that people of Israel were in terrible situation. They were in bondage to, the, to their past. They lived with the memory of their past. What was the memory of their past? They were slaves. They were in bondage. Now they had had a glorious ancestry 400 years earlier. Why, they had had Jacob and Joseph and Judah and all those brethren. And they had come down to the land of Egypt and had sojourned as princes and kings in the land of Goshen. But that Pharaoh that loved Joseph died and another Pharaoh rose that did not care for the Israeli people. And he put taskmasters over them. They had to make bricks and, and they had to find their own straw and they became slaves in the land of Egypt. And for 400 years they labored under that awful burden and yet they were God's chosen people. And so the message today is a double barrel. Number one, to God's chosen people, you who have by faith received Christ as Savior. Number two, to those who have never received who are still outside the pale of faith first of all to those who are god's people so many labor today under the awful burden of their past their mistakes, their failures, their sins. And as we go into a new year, there is a shadow over you. There's a shade over you. And there's the haunting mood of Satan attacking you and saying, remember, remember, remember. Now some people have such a tough time with this that they have to have counseling. Some people get sick over it. Some people are able to put it off for a little while and then it comes back to them. I want to tell you today there's a land of beginning again. You don't have to live under the past. No matter what it is. There's not anybody in this room who hasn't failed. Most of you have had some kind of victories in your life. And interestingly enough, we go from the garment of failure to victory. And we're down and we're up. Like the Negro spiritual, some days I'm down, some days I'm up. And that describes most people. They go in a psychological cycle. They're down, then they're up. They're down, then they're up. I think that's one of the problems with a lot of marriages. Psychological cycles. And they go down and they go up. They're down and they're up. Down and they're up. Over and over and over again. That happens to boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. That happens to husband and wife relationships. That happens to children and parent relationships. That happens in the church. That happens in the government. And I wanna tell you, we do not have to live under the awful pattern of being down and up, down and up, down and up like a yo-yo. We are in a new and living way. And the writer of Hebrews said, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us do three things. Number one, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. The hymn writer said, Draw me nearer, 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 Precious Lord, to thy broken, driven riven side. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. As we go into this new year, those who are God's people, let's determine that we're going to walk with the Lord. We're going to draw near to him and see how close we can walk with him. out in Nevada, a missionary was speaking to a group of young people. And there were several different races there. And when the service was over, a little Indian girl came up to the missionary. And they were getting ready to go over to the lunchroom to eat lunch. She said, I wish it would rain. I wish it would rain. I said, why do you wish it would rain? I wish it would rain so I could walk close to you under the same umbrella that little Indian girl wanted to be close to that missionary how close do we want to be with the Lord in 1993 let us draw near to him and the nearer you get to him first of all you see the glaring imperfections in our own lives and what do we do with them we take them to Jesus and what does he do with them ball us out scold us Point his finger at us, push us down. A thousand times no. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to do two things. What are they? To forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't hold it against us. Now, if God has forgiven us, who are you to hold something against God's servant? Yourself or someone else? And as we go into this year, let's free ourselves from all those past things that would weigh us down and take us down and destroy us and hurt us and, make, and, and, and just make us live dwarfed little lives. And let's draw near to him and walk with him in the light of his word and have victory after victory in Jesus. And what do you do when Satan comes and points a finger? You send him to Calvary. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. What can wash away my sins? Not church membership. Not baptism. Not good works. But the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is efficacious to wash away every sin. So draw near to him. Number two, look in verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. If we've made a profession of our faith, let's hold fast to that. Now, the word picture here is not Jesus and our holding fast to him for fear that, we will, that he'll let us go and we'll be lost. That isn't the word picture. He says, hold fast to the profession of your faith. Jesus is the one that holds us. You don't have to hold him. He'll hold you. You trust him as your savior. He reaches down, puts his hand on you, and he just holds you. Precious little Morgan. Morgan, come up here just a minute. You? That little girl. Isn't she a jewel? Isn't she do? Now, Morgan, look here. Suppose we're going to go down a busy, busy street downtown. And I have you by the hand like that. And I say, Morgan, now you, as we go across this street, you be sure and hold on to me. And so she goes across the street. Do you think I'm going to trust her to just hold on to my coattails like that? And I'll just go free. What am I going to do? I'll say, hold on to me, but what do I really mean? I'm holding on to you, Morgan. That's what Jesus does. He holds to you. He holds you fast. Thank you, Morgan. Go sit down. But but this scripture says, you hold fast to the profession of your faith. That is, if you profess faith in Christ, keep that faith warm in your heart. There are some ways we can keep that faith warm in our hearts. Number one, read the Bible day by day. Let God's Word just fill your life and your heart love him as he loves you through his word the most wonderful love letter ever written is the bible and even when you get to the begats and you have whole pages of of numbers of of a census that was taken and you wonder what in the world could all this mean you remember every time you read somebody's name every name is important to God and over in heaven he named your name he's got your name in his book If he could record all those names in Chronicles and in Numbers and in all the other books, do you think he doesn't know your name? He knows it. And he's holding on to you. And your name is written in heaven. And whenever you read any of those names, say, thank you, Lord, they're in here. I'm not going to gloss over them. I'm not going to say that's boring. I'm going to say thank you that Richard is written there. And Helen is written there. And Mary is written there. And Joseph is written there. Thank you, Lord. And let's hold on to that profession of our faith. Read the word of God. It'll do you good. It's like medicine, spiritual strength. Someone wrote how to have, have a happy new year. Some suggested resolutions. Listen to these. Do a little more for others than ever before. Be more consistent in reading God's word. Be more critical of self and less critical of others. Resolve to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Begin the very first Sunday to tithe your income or, if already a tither, increase your giving by at least 1%. Get the habit of faithful attendance at church if not providentially hindered attend church at night make contacts for your church if not in person then by phone or by mail pray daily for your pastor your church and the unchurched be slow to anger but quick to forgive determine to win somebody to Jesus this year those are good resolutions and as we Hold fast to the profession of our faith and let that profession change our own living, change our own lives. Pretty soon there'll be joy, unspeakable joy and full of glory. And there'll be excitement about our lives. One reason we're so drab is we live under the past. We live as if we don't have a Savior holding on to us. (laughs) Do you ever notice how happy a boy and girl are when they first begin to fall in love and they go down the street? hand in hand, uh, there's just a, they're just enjoying being with each other, sort of a smile on their faces. that old sourpuss gone. Puss look is gone because they got joy inside. Well, when you're letting Jesus hold you fast and you hold fast to the profession of your faith, there's going to be joy. Now thirdly look in verse 24 and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. A lot of the things we do as Christians, we do to bless others. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, it doesn't make any difference what other people think about me? You ever heard that? It's nobody else, but just so as I please God, it doesn't make any difference what anybody else thinks. Well, that isn't what this says, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. In other words, it matters how we live. It matters our attitude. It matters what we do, where we, where, what we say, where we go, how we affect others. And then he ties that on with church attendance. He says, in that same paragraph, he says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. In other words, already. In the day of the man who wrote this book, there were people who said, I'm a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. And so the Holy Spirit is saying, I think it was Paul, but whoever wrote this, (laughs) hey, you tell them, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner some of those folks are. They think they can be a Christian and not go to church? Well, if you're really in the new and living way, You want to be with God's people. And so in 1993, let's join the 52 Club. Let's say, by the grace of God, I'm going to go every Sunday to God's house. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Count 52 Sundays, say, Lord, I'm going to be there. If I'm away on a vacation, if I have to get called out of town, I'm going to church. You know, over and over again, we have visitors that come to our church who are from Ohio or Michigan or California or somewhere else, and I meet them at the door and uh, they tell me where they're from. You know, it just blesses my heart that on the day they're away from home. I don't even know, they don't know anybody here. But they determined to go to God's house because that was on the Lord's day. They're doing what God said to do. Now those are Christians. Those are, this is part of the message directed to God's people. We're in a new and living way. Notice these three admonitions. Let us draw near and walk close to the Lord. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Let us consider one another to provoke love and to good works. Now what about those who are on the outside who have never been saved? Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, Christ receiveth sinfulness. Christ loves you. There's not a boy or girl in this room who is not old enough to realize there's been some stirring of self-will inside and sin inside that's made you do things that dishonor God, discredit God. Why don't you take those things to Jesus today and ask Him to cleanse you and to forgive you and say, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. As we begin 1993, I want to march into this year with my name written in heaven. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you that there is a new and living way. There is a land of beginning again for God's people to start all over again today and say, Lord, I'm going to draw near to you and hold fast the profession of my faith, and I want to live a life that will encourage others to live for Jesus. And someone here who has never been saved can say, Lord, I walk into the uncharted paths of 1993 but I want to place my hand in your hand, the nail scarred hand and begin to walk with Jesus we pray in his name, amen will you stand please burdens are lifted at Calvary what page is that 353 353 will you turn there please 353 days are filled with darkness sorrow and hurts and heartaches but burdens are lifted at Calvary today after you found that song look at me just a moment 353 God's invitation is very simple take your burden to the Lord and leave it there there are some things we need to start over today as a Christian Burn the bridges behind you. Put all those things over on the cross. Say, Lord, I, I'm just going to trust you and walk with you. And I'm going to trust you to help me to live for you this year. If you've never done that, you've never given your heart to Christ, why not right now? While we pray, while we sing, I want to stand right down here. Would you come? Say I want to give my heart to Jesus today on this first year of the new year. First day of the new year, would you come?